BAM Radio Network. They're really sparking that creativity. I mean, there are a lot of people who just don't invest creativity into designing their lessons. Kids are just hanging out the last five minutes or six minutes, and the teacher will say, oh, well, they need to socialize. I mean, really? What do you think about that? Welcome to Every Classroom Matters. This is Vicki Davis, the Cool Cat Teacher, and you're listening to the show for busy teachers everywhere about the best practices that matter. Let's get started. Today we're talking to Brian Stabnick. So Brian, a while back, uh, you have written about the eight minutes that matter most in the classroom. What are they? Eight minutes are the four minutes at the beginning of the period and the four minutes at the end of the period that I think can often make or break a lesson. So I went back to Harry Wong and the importance of routines and having expectations for students that as soon as they enter class, there's going to be some type of task that they need to complete to get them working, to get them focused, and to get right to the heart of the matter of the lesson. So the post that I wrote for Edutopia focuses on things that teachers can do at the beginning of the period to get students working, and then at the end of the period to come to some type of resolution or closure that can allow the lesson to come full circle. So why do you think the first four minutes is so important? I mean, you and I both, we've been teaching a while and we've we've seen people who get off track. Why is it? I think that's it. If you don't value those four minutes, that's when students can get out of sync. So if a student comes to class and there's no definite understanding of what needs to happen, there's no routine, that's mm-hmm. when boredom starts to set in, and that's when they look to satisfy their own excitement and their own curiosity by doing things that may not relate to the lesson yeah. of the day. So they might bother the kid next to them, or they might start just staring out the window, looking at the classroom across the hall. I think if you get kids in their seats, get them working, and whether that's reviewing something that happened the day before, it's prepping them for something that's going to happen in the lesson that day, I think you really have a great chance of then carrying that attention throughout the entire lesson if you get them right off the bat. So, Mr. Stabnick, I'm walking in your room. I'm a student. What happens in the first four minutes in your classroom? Uh, Even before the bell rings, I really make a point to stand outside the door and greet kids, every kid that I see coming through class with just a hello. I think that's so important because you don't know what's going on in a kid's life. You don't know what's going on outside of school. That might be the first smiling face they see of the day. So, Even before the bell starts, I'm there letting them know I'm acknowledging their presence and I value that they're coming to my class. And then as soon as they walk in, they're going to see something on the smart board. So in my district, we got smart boards in every classroom, and there's going to be something up there for them to do. So in the Edutopia post, I talked about a couple things that you can do in those first four minutes. You can show them a YouTube clip because that might be something that piques their interest and it can kind of whet their appetite for what's going to come next. And as an English teacher, mm-hmm. I use that all the time, whether it's John Green and his crash course, or there's this really funny site called Thug Notes that does some review and analytical approaches to literature, but in a comical way. I think there's so many possibilities with that, and that really gets kids excited, and it makes them more interested to dive into the books that we're reading when you do things like that. It sure does, and you know, you've actually said something that I totally preach everywhere I can is look kids in the eye and call them by name because it just, that relationship is so important. And without relationship, we really struggle to teach, don't we? Yeah. One of my mentors is a teacher that you probably know, Todd Finley. Oh, yeah. One of the things that he does in his classroom, and I mentioned this in the article, is he just starts with good news. And he spends about two to three minutes asking the class, you know, who has good news? And I think that is such a great approach because it treats the classroom as a community. And it takes our outside lives, 
and brings them into school. And then we can celebrate the great things that are happening in each other's lives. Well, you even suggest writing for five. Do you have a lot of students write when they come in the classroom? I teach a couple courses. So I teach AP Lit. I do a public speaking class and I do a creative writing class. In my creative writing class, we start every day for about two months with a daily half dozen. And the daily half dozen is just a topic, and you've got to come up with a list of six things. So one day it was, give me the six things that you can smell instantly and know what they are. So students talked about mm-hmm. a doctor's office or fresh-cut grass or sawdust. And we use that then to take that into our writing and come up with more vivid imagery so that the reader can feel exactly what it is that you want them to sense. Wow. I love that example because you're really sparking that creativity. I mean, there are a lot of people who just don't invest creativity into designing their lessons. I mean, they just take the standard prompts. Where do you get your prompts from or do you collect them? I think it's just having a curious mind and it's starting with the question of what would be fun for the kids. So that example I just gave with doing the Daily Half Dozen, I try to think about what would kids be excited to write about. Sometimes it's give me the most interesting first line that you can come up with for a story. And that's a challenge there because it's going to take some thought to figure out what your reader might find interesting, how you can construct it to create that interest, and how you can do it in only one sentence. Wow. I love these ideas. Now, there's also the last four minutes of the classroom. Now, I can't tell you how many classrooms I've seen wherever I've traveled that kids are just hanging out the last five minutes or six minutes, and the teacher will say, oh, well, they need to socialize. I mean, really? What do you think about that? I don't think that's a terrible thing when it happens occasionally. So I feel that sometimes when my lessons have ended two to three minutes before the bell rings, it's a great opportunity for me to know the kids. So I'll ask them about the sports teams that they're on or the clubs that they're in or just what's, you know, if they have a T-shirt that says a rock band, I'll ask them about the band. So I think that's a great way to build relationships. But if that happens every day, I don't think that's setting a good precedent for the learning environment. Mm-hmm. So how do you end class then? I think there's a couple ways. Um, you know, there's the classic exit tickets that students leave the room. They hand you summary of the learning that occurred. I think another thing to do is use the power of technology. So I've seen teachers do this digitally, and I've seen them do it physically. They'll have the class tweet out in 140 characters what they learned that day, mm-hmm. or there might even be a question that they have to answer at the end of the period that summarizes the learning. But I've also seen teachers do that on paper. They have bulletin boards, and they just cut out the, the Tweety Bird and have uh-huh. students write their summary of the learning. So I think there's a couple ways to do it, but I think it yeah. brings everything full circle so that you got them at the beginning focused and at the end you check for that understanding that's so essential. Well, and there's even self-assessment. I mean, sometimes when kids enter, teachers will present the topic and they have the kids self-assess how much do they know, and then at the end of class, they move it up the ladder by how much they know now. I mean, there's so many great things you can do to kind of bring that lesson together and come back around full circle, isn't there? Yeah, I use uh, an app called Socrative a lot. I just learned about it last year, but I've used it in the way that it allows us to combine information and put it on display really quickly. So with my AP students, if we're doing a lesson on thesis statements, I'll tell the students to take out their phones, type in their thesis statement for the prompt that we were working on, and then in those last three minutes, we can see everyone's thesis statement right there on the Mm -hmm. smart board and kind of have a mini critique and just say some of the things that we like about them and some areas that might be for improvement. And I think the great thing about using that kind of technology 
in the past, I had to have kids come up to the chalkboard one at a time, maybe two at a time, and it just took forever. Now, they just hit send, and it's right there on the board for everyone to see. Now, when you're at the end of a class and the kids leave, and you have that moment where you go, yes, like, you know, I nailed it. How do you characterize those classes where you feel that? I think it's short-lived because I got that next class coming in. <laughs> Very true. But at the same thing, it puts that pep in your step because what happened in that class, you want to somehow recapture that experience in the next class. And not in the same way because mm -hmm. every class is going to be different. But you want them to have that same connection with the literature that they're reading or the writing that they're doing. So to end it, it's just it's validation that you've achieved what you wanted to in terms of your lesson plan, but it makes you hungry for more to see if with that next class, can you take it to another level? And I want to circle around to something that you said in terms of relationships. I mean, there's some studies that have been done that actually show that social relationships between students and teachers is more impactful than academic relationships between students and teachers. But as we do all of this teaching, as we have all of this to plan and do, it does come down to how we feel about our students and how they feel about us, doesn't it? I think it's just that basic human need to feel valued and acknowledged. And who doesn't want that out of their everyday life to have people take notice of the work that they do, to value that their existence is contributing to the larger community of the classroom? I think those are things that are seemingly small and may not show up on a observation checklist, but those mm. are the things that can make or break a classroom and make or break a year. Absolutely. You've given us, Brian, so many great things to consider and ponder. Teachers, I'd like to challenge you. Um, what's your relationship like with your students? Are you at your door? Are you greeting your students by name? How do you start class? How do you end class? There's so many great ideas here. You can also look for people like Dave Burgess and Teach Like a Pirate, Todd Finley. There are lots of people and lots of teachers who give you an idea for how to start and end in a powerful way. But I also want to remind you, it is about our relationship. It is about helping every student know that they matter, their work matters, and that learning matters. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to Every Classroom Matters. If you think today's guest is helpful or inspiring, will you share this show with someone else? I'm Vicki Davis, the Cool Cat Teacher, and I'm here to help. So give me a shout-out on Twitter. And thank you for making the best practices here on Every Classroom Matters part of your busy day. This program is produced by Accretive Media for the BAM Radio Network. Thanks for listening.